ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلاه ربي وسلامه عليه اما بعد فبفضل الله تعالى ومنه وكرمه سبحانه we invite by our dear beloved brothers here in Masjid Abi Huraira وفقهم الله تعالى وسددهم وفقهم سبحانه تعالى إلى ما يحب ويرضى and the subject inshallah ta'ala of the entire conference as you know is that which is surrounding the issue of unity upon the truth and what that entails and the means and the reasons and causes of misguidance inshallah ta'ala what we wanted to discuss was seven you know summarized reasons and means that actually usher in misguidance and you know, is to look at what is it that caused the Sahab of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to be granted success in their origin and what was it that ushered in for them the means of unity upon the truth. So we'll mention inshallah ta'ala from the things that will bring about this unity but in reality the opposite of them and it applies. And Ibn Qayyim rahmanullah ta'ala he said in this regard mentioning the condition of the Sahaba specifically and the advent of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and what the people were upon them, what they were in. He said, Rahimallah ta'ala, Rahmata wasi'a, Lama adlamat al-ard, wa ba'da ahd, ahliha binur al-wahi. The one is the case that the earth was shrouded in utter darkness after the departure and the lack of presence of the revelation and the light of the revelation in its people. He mentioned, Rahimallah ta'ala, wa tafarraqu fil-batil firaqa. That the people began, began to become disunited into different groups and sects and they disunited into parties ahzaba and then he mentioned that there was nothing due to the presence and due to the prevalence of that disunity that they were upon there was nothing that could possibly bring them back together he says and nobody could protect them from such disunity and such oppressive darkness and misguidance that they found themselves in except for their creator subhanahu wa ta'ala and that is because they lived in a time and a place where the light of prophethood itself was completely and utterly removed and they went back to the understanding that they had of themselves of what is correct and what is incorrect they left it to the subjective nature of their intellects alone in the absence of the presence of the revelation then he said, Rahimullah Ta'ala, the effect of the revelation upon the earth of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, his servants and how they worshipped him and how they interacted with each other. He said, Rahimullah Ta'ala, فَأَتَ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى الشَّمْسَ الرِّسَالَةِ فِي تِلْكَ الظُّلْمِ سِرَاجًا مُنِيرًا And Allah Azawajal, however, he, you can say that he, 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 he lit the, the, the sun of the message of the messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the Risala that he came with in the presence of all of that darkness and misguidance. The Risala of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam it stood out like a beacon of light shining forth. Then he blessed the people of the earth. He blessed subhanahu wa ta'ala the people of the earth in what he had granted them now with the presence of the revelation, in how they are able to, to use their intellects and how they are able to use their hearts 
in the affairs of their worldly life and in the hereafter from blessings due to the connection now they have to that revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that which in reality nobody was able to be grateful to Allah azawajal yani enough for he says فَأَبْصَرُوا بِنُورِ الْوَحِي مَا لَمْ يَكُونُوا بِعُقُولِهِمْ يُبَسِرُونَهِ and they were able now to envisage with the light of the revelation illuminating the path that is ahead of them they were able to understand things now with their intellect in light of the revelation what prior to its advent they were unable to see and they were now able in light of that revelation again to hold and come to opinions and conclusions in the deen of Allah and the world around them what prior to that without the revelation they weren't able to hold and to understand and to see then he said rahimullah ta'ala after a period of yani after some paragraphs and the first in the early generations of al-islam they remained basking inside of this light and this glory for generation after generation and that light that was granted to them the light of risala the right the light of prophethood itself it was unable to be put out by the storms that raged of the people of innovation and misguidance. And neither was it able to be put out or for it to be obscured in any way or misunderstood in any way by the people being cast into the darkness of erroneous opinion. And then they advise the early generations of this world, of this, you know, of our Salaf, Ridwan Allah Ta'ala Majma'een. They advised everybody that came after them, take this light that we have taken from the beacon of Nubuwa itself, take it from us, how we have taken it, and hold on to it and cling on to it. He says, And they advise the people, therefore, from that which will bring about unity in our lives in truth. Do not turn away even ever so slightly from the path of the Sahaba, the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then he said, Rahimullah Ta'ala, فَلَمَّا كَانَ فِي أَوَاخِرَ عَصْرِهِمْ حَدَثَتَ الشِّيْعَةِ وَالْخَوَارِجِ وَالْقَدَرِيَّةِ وَالْمُرْجِئَةِ And when it came to the end of the life of the Sahaba, towards the end of their generation, the various different groups and sects, they appeared in Al-Islam from the Shia and the Khawarij and the Qadariya and the Murji'ah. And that is because those sects only came about and this unity only came about because they distanced themselves from that light of prophethood that the first early generations from the Imams of this religion, they clung onto and they advised those that came after with, with it. And then he said, And then he said something really amazing here. He said, these deviant groups, they didn't just arrive at a deviation, yani absolutely for the sake of it. They were in general, in their, in, at least in their belief, what they thought they, they were doing. They thought and they perceived that they are glorifying the revelation. They thought that they're caught in the Quran and the Sunnah. They thought that they were upon the guidance that was left to them. But in reality, what they done from the greatest reasons and means of disunity is that they placed their intellect, which is subjective, over the absolute objective unequivocal truth that is the revelation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so they arrived to what they arrived at he says here that perhaps it was due to a lack of understanding for some 
واستبداد بها ظهر يعني لهم يعني منها they preferred this over the truth sadly and then he said رحمه الله تعالى but the sahaba when they saw this they did not remain silent and then he mentions رحمه الله تعالى from the greatest means of this unity and we're going to touch upon this towards the end بإذن تعالى المولى رأوا أنهم إن اكتفوا أثرهم كانوا مقلدين لهم that those that came after the sahaba they saw it to be deficient and they saw it to be something which was deplorable that should they traverse upon their footsteps they saw that they were merely blind following a people without evidence and truth so they took the issue of ittiba following the truth and those that possess it they took it to be a means that which was blameworthy when in reality that was not blameworthy in the deen of Allah Azawajal. and what do you think was the response of the sahaba to the lack of such misguidance he said rahimullah ta'ala fasahabihim من أدركهم من الصحابة وكبار التابعين من كل قطر. But it was the case that every single Sahabi that saw this misguidance coming, and every single senior tabi'i that saw the misguidance of the people from that which was in detriment to the unity that they had come to and that they were upon, they did not remain silent. Rather, they screamed at them and they stopped them in their tracks and they considered such individuals that broke away from that ultimate unity and that truth that they were upon from that light of guidance that is the sunnah of the messenger they saw them to be criminals and they addressed them as such and dealt with them as such and they freed themselves from such criminals and they warned the people from following their path the paths of disunity from the worst and the most stern of warning. And they did not see the permissibility of giving salam to those innovators in the religion of Allah Azza's religion, those that have added and they tried to destroy it from within. Neither did they see the permissibility of sitting with them. And neither did they see the permissibility of speaking with them. And this is something which is known, he says, in the books of the Sunnah. And that which is narrated from the Sahaba in this regard is far more than what we are to mention here in this sitting, in this, this gathering, he says here. And then he said elsewhere, Rahimullah Ta'ala, Ya'ni Ibn Qayyim, Rahimullah Ta'ala, what was the condition of the Sahaba concerning those issues that brought about this unity from innovation and misguidance? He said that the Salaf and the Sahaba, the head of them, they saw فَكُلُّ بِدَعْتٍ مُضِلَّةٍ فِي الدِّينَ أَسَاسُهَا تَقَوُّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ تَعَالَى That they understood every issue that brought about this unity by the people embarking upon innovation was utter misguidance. And the foundation of that misguidance, that innovation, was the people speaking about the deen of Allah Azawajal بِلَا عِلْمُ Without knowledge. And then he said, Rahimullah Ta'ala, when this was the case, what was the response of the Sahaba? He said, So when that was the case, the Sahaba and those that were with them from the Salaf, they warned with the most severe of warning concerning these issues of innovation. And then he mentions, Ta'ala, that this became widespread upon the earth of Allah and known from them. So they warned from the issues of this unity from innovation in the deen of Allah Azawajal and ghulu and other than it, from that which you could say that actually there's a degree of mubalagha that they went in, they, they, they emphasized the issue. So much so that their warning against innovation and the reasons and causes of disunity 
they warned against these sins far more than they warned against yani, the fawahish, the lewd social sins that the people may fall into or even oppression and animosity and hatred that may be held be between the people. He says, if And that is because the criminality that is involved in innovation in the religion and what it leads to from the destruction of this religion in totality is far greater than any sin that the people they may fall into. And if this is what is brought about or is the result of that disunity, then one has to look at the reasons as how the people they arrived at such a lowly state. May Allah Azzawajal save us. Number one is Adam al-Ikhlas. Number one is a lack of sincerity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in every single point that we mention, the opposite of it applies likewise. So when from the means and causes of this unity in the ummah was a lack of sincerity, therefore sincerity will bring about unity upon the truth. And he said subhanahu wa ta'ala concerning Iblis himself, Iblis, our enemy, the enemy of our father Adam, the one who expelled us from paradise itself, that causes to land it upon this earth, like Ibn Qayyim, he said, that is full of terrors and hardship and heartache. When we were previously in the paradise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the abode of bliss and happiness and never ending joy, our enemy Iblis identifies and he believes and understands sincerity is a means of being protected from misguidance. And he said, as Allah Azawajal mentions, Qala Rabbi bima aghwaytani. That, oh my Lord, and he blamed Allah Azawajal from his evil. He blamed Allah Azawajal for his own sins due to the lack of his sincerity and truthfulness with Allah. I will glorify and I will beautify for them this worldly life that they are in and the earth that they have been sent to. And then he said, And I will cause them all to be misguided. He said, Accept your diligent servants who are from the sincere. Iblis knows that the path of misguidance is insincerity to Allah. Iblis knows that the path of guidance and unity upon the truth is insincerity to him. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So look how inside of this verse he mentioned Jalla Jalalu two reasons, and we'll come to the second shortly, inshaAllah, which is the loving of the worldly life which cut the servant off from the hereafter, that will never be stopped except that sincerity was ushered in bi-ibnihi subhanahu wa ta'ala al-mawla. Imam al he commented upon the, these verses and he said, Shaitan he beautified for the people, ad-dunya. Wa'ad'uhum ila ithariha ala al-ukhra. And he caused them to overlook this, yani the reward of the hereafter. He caused them to turn their focus to the worldly life. In order to ensnare them and to trap them, to be from those that they give into and incline towards every lowly sin. May Allah save us. But what was the saving grace for every individual that is tempted? Because we are all tempted. It was sincerity to Allah. And should we be from those who are not from the sincere, 
then that threat of that misguidance of him misguiding all of us will come about may Allah Azza wa Jalla save us as for his statement illa ibadaka minhum al-mukhlasin except for your upright sincere servants and that is because sincerity is a means of the servant being granted success protection from the glitters and the traps of this worldly life and disunity sincerity to Allah is a means of being saved from misguidance and the Imam of the Mufassirin Imam Al-Tabari he said ta'ala, that there are two ways of reading this verse as has been reported from the messenger one is that they are mukhlasin and they are mukhlasin The one who is mukhlis is the one who is sincere to Allah with a kasra. And the one who is mukhlas, he is the one who is preferred and selected and chosen by Allah Jalla Jalalu. And this should remind us all that that which will bring about the means of unity in its reality is purely the tawfiq of Allah. We should beg him and ask him to grant us success upon it. And we should seek it actively. Because it is not by our actions or our striving or our understanding or our worship for that matter. Rather, it's purely from the blessing of Allah that we be guided and we be, inshallah, from those that He has chosen and from those that are from the sincere. And then He says, Rahimullah ta'ala, Ya Imam al Tabari, that He will misguide every single one of the sons of Adam except those that are chosen and those that are sincere. And he said, then who are the ones he has chosen except those that were granted success? Fahadayta. Therefore you guided them, subhana. So Iblis, he realizes that the one who Allah has selected for guidance, he has no authority over. He has no authority and no say and no ability to misguide that servant. And from amongst the reading of this verse is mukhlisin. The sincere. And he's the one that was sincere to the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Iblis, he says that certainly that I have no path of reaching that servant. And the example of that, barakallahu feekum, is the example of Musa alayhi salam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminded us and reminded the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam to look at his brothers who had preceded him from the prophets themselves. As an example for those that come after them, that he sallallahu alayhi wasallam did not shy away to take the example of those who have preceded him in faith. And he said, Subhanahu wa ta'ala, concerning the sincere and concerning the chosen, Musa, Remember inside of the book, meaning the book that is granted to you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, we will remind you of Musa for you to take him as an example. And for him to be an example to your ummah, he was from those that were selected and preferred. And like you know, we mentioned in the verse before, this can be read likewise as mukhlisan. He was likewise from the sincere. So to study the path of the sincere and those that were guided, being united upon the truth. Because we've been granted bifadillahi ta'ala a blueprint by which to live our lives by. And we have been preceded by those who have preceded us. And this is why Hudayf ibn Yaman, he stood before the Salaf and he said to them, Be upright how you've been commanded to be upright. 
upon sincerity to Allah and the Sunnah of the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam. وَلَا تَرْتَفِتُوا يَمِينًا وَلَا شِمَالًا فَقَدْ سُبِقْتُمْ سَبْقًا بَعِيدًا And after you are guided, don't begin to look left and right from that which will usher in disunity and discord amongst you. That you look for guidance outside of the Qur'an and the Sunnah. He said, rather be upright how you've been commanded to be upright and do not look left and right. For indeed you have been preceded by a people that have preceded you. And they are at the head of them, the Sahaba. Point number two from the means of this unity is not fearing misguidance. Not fearing misguidance, it causes the servants to lose themselves, to follow their desires, to think good of their understanding and their actions and to look down upon others. And it causes baghi, it causes animosity and rancor and hatred and hasad and jealousy to fester within the hearts. And when the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he spoke of the reality of what is the means of guidance and misguidance, he said Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam concerning kibar, that nobody will enter into paradise should they have a mustard seed of kibar inside of his heart, pride. The Sahaba, they complained and they said, Ya Rasulullah, we take pride in having nice clothes. And some of them, they mentioned their shoes. And he said that this is not what he's intended. But he describes, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that kibr was batarul haq wa nas. It was to reject the truth when it comes to you. And it's to look down upon the creation of Allah. Those who did not fear misguidance for themselves, and did not fear hypocrisy, did not fear that they are showing off did not fear that they are insincere. Did not fear that perhaps they understanding of affairs. Had it not been returned back to the Quran and the Sunnah. And to the understanding of the set of this Ummah. And the guidance of the Ulama. That they are wrong. They were from those that were given into the means of disunity and discord amongst themselves. Because they did not nurture themselves. Upon the nurturing of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And this is why Shaykh Al-Islam, Abdulaziz and Nabaz. He commented upon the statement of Allah in Surah Ibrahim 35. He made dua, Oh Allah, save me, my children, from the worship of idols. Ibn Basi said, If Ibrahim, he can fear for himself السلام, and for his children's shirk, then what about the rest of us? He's the one, السلام, who is the father of all of the prophets who came after him. Like Shaykh Fawzan, he mentioned to us, there was never a prophet after Ibrahim, except that he was from his lineage and his descendants. Yet he feared for himself, and those same descendants that are to become prophets, he feared for them shirk, because he understood that the issue of guidance and misguidance, and being united upon the truth, is not merely by being guided today, Rather, it's to fear that this blessing that we have been granted may slip through our fingers. And if we do not do that which will bring about and usher in the means of unity upon the truth, and from its fearing that these blessings be snatched and taken away from us, then we are fair game to the traps of shaitan. So Ibn Abbas, he says, Rahimullah Ta'ala, that he's the one that he mentioned, 
Rabbi Jalhada Barada Amina. Oh Allah, my Lord, make this land, the land of Mecca, an abode of safety and security for its people and for that Prophet that is to come from them. Then he said, and save me and my children from the worship of idols. Then he quoted the statement of Ibrahim Ataymi, Rahimullah Ta'ar, Faman Yaman Al Bala Bada Ibrahim. Is there anybody who can you know, perceivably not fear to be trialed and put to trial? After Ibrahim, he said the like of this statement, وَلَا يَأْمَنْ أَحَدْ And nobody should feel secure from the plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from misguidance touching him and reaching him. Because Ibrahim, he's the one who built the Kaaba of Allah with his hands. He's the one that was thrown and cast into the fire. And because of the tawheed that he was upon, the worship of Allah Azawajal that he was upon, Allah Azawajal, he made that, that fire, bardan wa salama, he made it a source of tranquility and cool and ease for Ibrahim. Yet he saw this and he feared for himself the fire of Allah Azawajal in the hereafter. He feared for himself misguidance. And as Ibrahim Taymi he says here, so he asked his Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala to save him. So who is to be deceived and feel free and secure after being guided? So that which will preserve us being upon the truth and being united upon it, being united upon the Quran and the Sunnah, is to fear for ourselves hypocrisy. As Abdurrahman ibn Muraykah, he narrated that he met 30 other companions of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and every single one of them feared for themselves nifaq. They feared that they would be from the hypocrites. Hanzala, he complained to the Messenger and he said to him Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Qadah nafaqa Hanzala. Hanzala the Sahabi Jaleel, he's become a hypocrite. The messenger smiled and asked him why. He said that when I'm with you, my iman increases and when I depart from you, it goes down when I'm with my family. And he mentioned Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that if your iman with me and when you are alone and you're with your family was the same, the angels themselves, they would have shook your hands in your marketplaces, in the streets, and whilst you reclined upon your, your beds at home. So they feared for themselves. And he's the one that said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, fearing for us, Akhwaf ma akhaf alaykum, al-shirk, al-asghar, that which I fear the most for you. And he's talking to the Sahaba. He's talking to a people that Allah said about them, Radiallahu anhum maradu'am, they're pleased with Allah, Allah pleased with them. Wa'addarahum jannatin tajrimin tahtil anhaar, that he prepared and prescribed for them gardens underneath its rivers flow. He said about them that the Ashr Mubashirin, they are promised Jannah, Abu Bakr for Jannah, Umar for Jannah, Uthman for Jannah, and the rest of them are for Jannah. But he still said to them, والسلام, the thing that I fear the most for you all is Shirk al Asghar. May Allah Azza save us. And Shaykh al Islam ibn Abbas, he said, And this disease of showing off. Is that which the, yani is, 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 is the trial and the tribulation of the righteous that they show off inside of their recitation or inside of their prayer or their fasting or their hajj and other than that? So the Messenger وسلم, he warned والسلام, from that which will cause the serve or should cause the servants to be fearful from themselves in the preservation of this truth that they have come to from that which will preserve unity and this opposite brings about this unity. May Allah save us. Number three is a distrust of the ulama to distrust the scholars of Al Islam and the Sunnah. 
to cast doubt upon their ruling and the principles of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah and hopefully we'll go into this in a little bit of detail towards the end in the advice of Sheikh Rabi to, yani, to everybody who claims and speaks in the name of Salahiyyah so point number three is the distrust of the ulama and those who are experienced in the realm of da'wah and they open upon themselves and upon the scholars and those that have preceded them from their brothers criticism where criticism is not due nor is it valid and as is reported by Bukhari and other than him they also narrated that the messenger one day he became tremendously enraged and angry and it was narrated as the scholars they mentioned here that they stood forth in front of the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam an ignoramus a foolish individual who has no knowledge thought himself and his opinion to be valid saw himself to be worthy of criticizing the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam maghrur deceived and deluded self amazed ta'arrada ala hukmihi alayhi salatu wassalam that he had the audacity to question and to cast doubt upon and to distrust the hukum of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when he was dividing the war booty. The one who said, I'dil ya Muhammad, O Muhammad be just, because he had not been just. And he said and he replied, Alayhi salatu wassalam, lak, woe be to you. Man a'adil. Who is to be just if I, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, am not just? And what do you think happened? When a man turned away, it was narrated that Khalid bin Walid and Umar, he said, Ya Rasulullah, let me strike his neck. Because they understood that the distrust of the people of knowledge is the cause of what will usher in bloodshed and disunity. And this man, we know him to be Dhu Khuwaisira, the father of the Khawarij themselves. Look at this distrust that he had in the messenger and this connection that he had to the dunya and loving it. Because what caused him to oppose the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and to cause any and, and, and to cast doubts over his hukum was the love of the worldly life because the war booty was being divided and he believed that he deserved a share when he was not deserving of it. But the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said Da'hu. He said, Leave him. And then he mentioned Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam clarifying the danger of those who leave. The gharas of the ulama, they leave the realm of respecting the ulama and those who preceded them. He says, That he has with him companions that will come. That perhaps one of you will look down upon in comparison to the companions of this munafiq. Perhaps one of you from the sahaba, you look down upon your prayer compared to theirs. You look down upon your fasting compared to theirs. You look down upon your reading of Quran compared to theirs. But all of that recitation and that worship does not go beyond their collarbones. And he said, Wasallam, that they will leave and they will abandon Al-Islam the same way the arrow it leaves its bow. May Allah Azza save us. And that is the wording of Muslim. Inside of this, is the mention, barakallahu feekum, of those that were deceived by their own selves 
And from what is apparent, Sahih, you see from them Salah, you see from them what is apparent from worship. But nobody in reality trusted himself and his own worship and distrusted the people of knowledge except that he was misguided. May Allah Azza save us. Not accepting the advice of the advisors, not accepting the truth when it comes to you, is from the greatest means of disunity, fighting and separation to ensue between the Muslims. And Ibn Wazir al-Yamani, he mentioned what is the difference between the one who desires the truth when it comes to him and the face of Allah and he's sincere in relation to accepting the advice of the, those that advise and to understand and believe that fundamentally Allah has left behind ulama and call us to Allah Azza to have our best interest at heart. He said, Rahimullah Ta'ala, Al-Qasid, Biwajillahi Ta'ala, La Yakhaf. And Yunqad Alihi, Yani Khalal, Fi Kalamihi. He said, The one that sincerely desires the face of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, He does not shy away, and neither does He feel any way whatsoever should He be criticized concerning His speech. Wala Yahablahu and Yadul Ala Butlani Qawlihi. And He's not taken over by some kind of feeling and emotion. Should he be corrected due to the incorrectness and the, full, and the falsehood of his speech? He says, Rather the true, sincere servant of Allah, he's the one that he loves the truth from whomsoever it comes from. And they accept it from them. They accept the truth from those that are older than them. They accept it from those that are younger than them. They accept it from those that are more knowledgeable than them. They accept it from those that are less knowledgeable than them. They accept it from those that have more experience than them and those that have less experience. Then he said, Rahimullah ta'ala, وَيَقْبَلَ الْهُدَى مِمَّنْ أَهْدَى So he accepts the guidance when it comes to him for the one who presented it to him as a gift. He says, so therefore he loves the truth and to be advised. And that is more beloved to him. مِنْ مُدَاهَنَةِ عَلَى الْأَقْوَالِ That he be, you know, the people sugarcoat his mistakes. And they all pally pally with him, Allah Ta'ala Musta'am. And they beautify their statements yani, with him. And then he mentioned something amazing concerning companionship. He said, That actually the, the true companion you have with you is the one who's truthful with you. And he's not the one that just believes you for the sake of believing you. This issue of trusting the ulama is so vital and important when it comes to unity. As again appears in Sahih Muslim, in the narration where a group of individuals they mentioned from the youth, they said, Shagafani, min khawarij. One of them said, I was infatuated by the belief of the khawarij. And me and my companions had united in order to, after Hajj, to go forth and to unleash this belief upon the people that they would make khuruj against the hukam. Then they said, and we came to the masjid of the Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Wajadna Shaykhan Muttakin Ara Sairatil Masjid. Yet we found an old man reclining upon the pillar of the, of the masjid. And he began to mention the verses concerning the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And why is it that the Khawarij, they believe, they worship Allah like Shaykh Fawzani said to us, ala they worship Allah upon pure fear. So they took the verses of fear and punishment and the threat of Allah's punishment for the disbelievers and the munafiqeen and they applied it absolutely to everybody. So long as he embarks upon the major sin, they said, Khalas, he's from the people of the fire. So they debated with this individual. They said that we, I mentioned to him the verses of the wa'id, of the threat, and he mentioned back to me the verses of the mercy of Allah. 
Then he said, I turned to my companion. After Bifadillahi Ta'ala, they were guided by returning back to the people of ilm and trusting them. I asked him, what do you think? And he cast some assert, yani, he tried to say that, you, do you really believe him? Yet this individual, he said, Do you think that this old man, this Shaykh, he's to lie against the messenger of Allah? And it was Jabir ibn Abdullah, radiallahu ta'ala. This individual appears in Sahih Muslim. He said that yani, the, all of my companions, and they were 30 odd, he said, all of us left the belief of the Khawarij, except for one. And he persisted. From the means of this unity is to not trust the ulama. And from the means of unity, like this individual said, even though misguidance had reached him, he described it, Sagafani, I was infatuated and overtaken. By the Ra'i min al Khawarij, believing what the Khawarij believe. Because he fundamentally did not have a distrust for the people of Ilm. And he didn't see a problem returning and asking and checking his understanding and being corrected and accepting that truth when it came to him. He and his companions were guided. Bifadillahi ta'ala wa manihi wa karamihi subhana. Number four, from that which brings about this unity. Is not acting upon one's knowledge and loving the worldly life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-Araf, What alayhim ayatina. They mentioned to them the story of the one that we granted our signs and verses, yani knowledge of the deen of Allah. And he removed those verses and those signs and that knowledge that he had. You could say, He took it off and he left it to the side. May Allah save us. Shaytan. And Allah said something amazing here. Shaytan followed him upon the misguidance that he was upon. He did not say that, that he followed Shaytan. He said that he, Shaytan followed him. And he was misguided after guidance had come to him. And had we desired, we would have caused him by way of that knowledge that he had. But he did not act upon it. We could have caused him to be raised in his worldly life. And of course, and in the hereafter. What was the reason for his misguidance? Is that he did not act upon that knowledge. And he loved the worldly life. And he said, Subhanah. Rather, he clung onto the earth. And the worldly life, this despicable place that we're in, the shaitan has cast us to. And he followed his lowly desires. Then he gave an example, subhanahu wa ta'ala, comparing such an individual and their diligence upon the worldly life and loving it, which caused them to turn away from acting upon their knowledge. The example of such an individual is like the panting dog. If you carry him, he just sits there with his tongue out, panting away. And if you, if you put him down, he does the same thing. There is no difference. No amount of reminder will aid him and save him. And there is no point of recourse for such an individual. And then he said, Subhanahu wa ta'ala, This is the example of a people that have belied and rejected our verses and signs. So therefore, tell the story of that which has taken place 
in order that their people may have a sufficient reminder. Imam Sa'di he said about this. Rahimullah Ta'ala in his tafsir. The Allah Azawajal, he mentioned this individual was granted knowledge of the deen of Allah, but he did not act upon his knowledge. Fasara Alim Kabir. Rather, he's referred to as a major, major scholar. But he abandoned and he took off that knowledge that he had. And Shaitan followed him in this regard. And that is because the garment that you wear of knowledge, if it is not backed up with action, then the description that you have of being from the people of knowledge does not serve you. And this is why Ahlul Bid'ah are never considered to be from the people of knowledge. Because they did not fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they oppose that which they know from the truth. So the Mubtadi is never an alim, even though he might have knowledge and information. The same way Iblis has knowledge, he has information, or ma'lumat rather. But that knowledge did not cause and be a means of benefit to him. Then he said, Because should you really have acted upon that knowledge that you were granted by Allah Azawajal, that knowledge will allow you to be described with the description of that knowledge itself. And it's from the best of action that you can have. And that which will cause you to reach from the highest echelons of those who have been raised in the worldly life and in the hereafter. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa Allah. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa Allah. Ashhadu anna Muhammadar Rasulullah. أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح حي على الفلاح So Imam Asi'li, he says here, so such an individual, he left the book of Allah behind his back. The such praiseworthy characteristics that would have been attributed to him could not be done because he has abandoned them and taken off that which will lead to him being described like this, the same way that clothes and a garment is taken off and is placed to the side. And the true reality of this is, is because he followed shaitan and he followed his lowly desires. And then he mentions فَأَتْبَعْهُ shaitan. The shaitan followed him. And he said that this is, this is tremendously yani, foretelling of the level of misguidance when it comes to not acting upon one's knowledge. 
The atba'a, it means that he proceeded, he went forth and shaitan, he met him along the way and caught up to him. May Allah Azza wa Jalla save us. Ibn Qayyim, he mentions several benefits from this ayah. Number one, that such an individual was misguided after knowledge and desired and chose for himself this belief after Iman. He either done so intentionally or unintentionally. May Allah save us. Number two, the one who abandons the means of Iman, then it's possible that Iman, his Iman will not return to him at all. Meaning that one should be fearful for himself. And he gave the example of a snake that sheds its skin. A snake will shed its skin in totality and perhaps fragments of what remained previously will remain upon it but fundamentally is in a completely different state to its previous state. Number three, he says that shaitan adrakahu, that shaitan eventually caught up with him altogether. And he said, and this is worse than him merely following shaitan. And what is intended by that? As Imam Al-Si'di, he says here, that shaitan overpowered him and came over him until he left the protective fortress that he was in. And he chose for himself the most lowly and degradable of paths. May Allah save us. Number four, there is no greater disgrace than having known the truth and then rejecting it. And that is why the Salaf, they said, The true and utter misguidance in its reality is to reject that which you used to previously believe. So a person previously perhaps didn't listen to the people of innovation. Wouldn't give them any time or make excuse for them. But now we hear statements, Allah Ta'ala Musta'an, that are creeping in to those that attribute themselves to the sunnah of inshallah is not that bad. And why don't you just take the good and leave the evil? And other than that from these erroneous statements, whereas previously one didn't say these statements, or be with those that say these statements, and accompany those that say such statements, that a person took his religion seriously and took his musahaba, took his companionship seriously. May Allah Azza save us. Number five, acting upon one's knowledge raises you. Number six, Jazakallah khair. Number six, acting upon one's, one's knowledge raises you in the worldly life and in the hereafter. And not acting upon your knowledge debases you in the worldly life and in the hereafter. Number five from that which is a means of disunity and misguidance is a lack of humility to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When he spoke of subhanahu wa ta'ala, the revelation, he said, Jala Jalalu, 
in its effect upon the people. كان الناس أمة واحدة فبعث الله النبيين مبشرين ومنذرين that the people previously they were united as one nation, united together upon the truth. He sent forth Subhanahu wa Taala prophets and messengers to clarify that truth, give glad tidings of the paths of guidance and the paradise of Allah and what leads to it, and to warn them of the paths of misguidance and the fire and what leads to it. And he sent down Subhanahu wa Taala when the people were united, a single book, a single source of revelation and guidance and mercy, in order that the people may judge amongst themselves who is upon the truth and who isn't. Then he said subhanahu wa ta'ala concerning those who oppose that truth and oppose that mercy and oppose that guidance from that which was a source of this unity. The people did not oppose that revelation and that guidance after that unity except the first to do so were those that were granted knowledge of that revelation. May Allah save us. And he mentioned baghiyan baynahum due to animosity and hatred that was, uh, yani, and, and rancor that was held amongst themselves. And that is due to the fact that they did not humble themselves to Allah. And they allowed this unity to creep amongst them. And he said, Baghiyan Bainahum. Ibn Abbas, he trans- and he gave to Sirah the verse. And he said, Al-Baghi, animosity here. He said, it's Al-Kibar, Wal-Hasad. It was pride, which is to look down upon the people and to reject the truth wal hasad and to be envious of your brothers to be envious of what they have to be envious of what Allah has given them but the person who's envious of his brother fails to realize that this is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what they have been granted from status and position or wealth or knowledge or da'wah is from Allah you have no say in the matter but should you be from those that are humble and you actualize that which Allah has commanded us to be upon, you will take the means to remove this animosity and this hatred and this hasad from your heart. Like he said subhanahu wa ta'ala concerning those that came after the sahaba, and those that came after them, they say, Rabbana, fillana, wali ikhwanina alladhina sabakuna bil iman, wala taj'al fi qulubina ghillan lilladhina amanu. That they begged Allah upon humility. Oh our Lord, forgive us and forgive our brothers who have preceded us in faith and at the head of them are the Sahaba. Imam Al-Si'li, he mentions this is a description. Yani, did they make dua for themselves and those that preceded them in faith? That Allah does not place any animosity and hatred inside of their hearts? This is a description that is only truthful for the people of the Sunnah. So Ahl Sunnah are people of humility. And they beg Allah to remove from their hearts the means of disunity. And from that is this rancor that is held and this, this, this animosity that the people have inside of their hearts and jealousy. May Allah save us. Ibn Qayyim, he mentioned concerning those that were granted blessings. But they were not humble to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, مِنْ عَرَامَةِ السَّعَادَةِ وَالْفَرَاحِ أَنَا كُلُّ مَا زِيدَ فِي عِلْمِهِ زِيدَ فِي تَوَادُعِهِ that from the signs that Allah has granted the servant happiness and success is every time the servant is increased in knowledge, he's increased in humility. And he's increased in his mercy. And كُلُّ مَا زِيدَ فِي عِلْمِهِ زِيدَ فِي خَوْفِهِ وَحَذْرِهِ And every time he was increased in his knowledge, he's only increased in his fear of Allah and his cautiousness. 
And every time he grows older and older, you find that the servant that was granted success, this desire and this love over the worldly life from that which ushers in disunity, from loving the worldly life and hatred amongst the people, is diminished. And every time such an individual who was granted success was granted wealth, actually he realized how worthless it is and he just gives it and he spends it. And every time he was increased in his station and rank amongst the eyes of the people, the one who was granted success is only increased in nearness to the people, in cultivating them upon the truth, in fulfilling their needs, and in humility to them. And then he goes on to mention that the opposite applies. May Allah Azza save us. And it's really just, yani, due to time, uh, we'll skip over it. Point number six. From that which causes the people to be in a state of heedlessness, uh, rather, disunity. is to accompany the heedless and the ignorant of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accompany the heedless and the ignorant of the deen of Allah because Allah commanded the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wasbir nafsaka ma'al ladhina yad'una rabbahum bil ghadati wal ashiyi yuriduna wajha be patient of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with those that call upon their Lord night and day a tremendous praise of the Sahaba of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And then he did not stop there, commanding him to be patient with them. Because nobody deserves from that which brings about unity. Nobody deserves your patience more than Ahl Sunnah. Nobody deserves your love more than Ahl Sunnah. Nobody deserves your mercy more than Ahl Sunnah. Nobody deserves your advice more than Ahl Sunnah. So be patient with them. And when you are not patient with your brothers and your sisters, disunity ensued. Irrespective of the fact that you call upon Allah together, irrespective of the fact that your qibla is the same. And Umar ibn Khattab, he wrote to Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, asking him about the narration of the Messenger sallallahu nas. How is it the case that the people will be misguided? And their direction of their prayer is one, and their messenger is one. Look at the humility of Umar. He wrote back to him and he said that the people they will abandon the sunnah of the messenger. And they will begin to perform and say and do that which they have not been commanded to say and do. That's what will usher in their misguidance. But the companionship that you have with those that know Allah Azawajal and the Messenger and they're diligent upon that will bring about success and unity upon the truth. Ibn Qayyim he says, He said that if you were to look at that which takes place, that the greatest means of destruction of the hearts is a person wasting his time. And the corruption of the heart returns back to how much the servant has of Allah Azawajal in terms of remembering him and being from those that worship him subhanahu wa ta'ala upon that sincerity. And then he mentioned rahimullah ta'ala 
the, all of that returns back to a person's guidance and misguidance and the corruption of the heart or its guidance. It goes back to a person being from those like Allah Azza He said, "Wala furuta." He commanded Subhanahu wa Taala, "Do not obey those who have caused their hearts to be heedless, and they follow their lowly desires, and their affair is the one who is utterly destroyed." He said, He said, if you were to ponder and look at the state of the world, you'll find the vast majority except for a few. They are those who they are utterly heedless from the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and from those that have followed their lowly desires. So they do not understand that which is a source of benefit to them or that which is a source of harm to them. So therefore they corrupt more than they rectify. May Allah Azza save us. Then he went on to say, Rahimullah Ta'ala, Lem Yutim, that the perfection of your following of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam will not be complete until you perfect and you complete the disobedience to the heedless and those that follow their lowly desires. And at the head of them are the people of Shirk and Bid'ah. And the people sin. And seventhly and lastly, be the Ta'ala and Mawla. I apologize for going over time, Allah understand. Seventhly, from that which brings in this unity is Hizbiyah. And Hizbiyah, as Shaykh Mu'bil described, is to love and to hate Father than the sake of Allah. And Shaykh Rabbi, he mentions here in a, in, in a piece of advice concerning the reality of ta'awna ala birri wa taqwa, the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, cooperate with one another upon righteousness and the fear of Allah, and do not cooperate with one another ala ismi wal udawan upon sin and transgression. He said, There is no transgression to anybody, although there are people that have belittled, uh, they have lowered themselves. And they are belittled in the sight of the shara' because they have chosen sin. And from advice to them is to embarrass them. And they are the people of innovation and misguidance. So they are not greeted with a smiling face, for example. And they are not visited if they are ill. And the rights that they have been allotted to them from brotherhood, they have invalidated. But this is not the case with the people of Sunnah. And then he went on to mention the statement of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah. And pay attention here because it's deep. He says, He said, it's not for those teachers and so-called cultivators and callers that they make the people into groups and parties upon any, these, any party lines you could say of bigoted allegiance and disavowment. He says, Because some of the teachers, they have now begun to cause that which will bring about amongst the people animosity and hatred. He says, rather how they should be amongst themselves, how Ahlul Sunnah are amongst themselves. 
we should be from that which brings about unity. Brothers, cooperating one another upon righteousness and the fear of Allah. Like he said, subhanahu wa ta'ala, wa ta'awna ala birri wa taqwa. Wa ta'awna ala ithmi wa udawan. They cooperate one another upon the fear of Allah and righteousness and do not cooperate one another upon animosity and hatred and sin. Then he said, yani Shaykh al-Islam in Taymiyyah, وَلَيْسَ لِأَحَدْ مِنْهُمْ أَنْ يَأْخُذْ عَلَىٰ أَحَدٍ أَهْدًا بِمُوَافَقَتِهِ عَلَىٰ كُلُّ مَا يُرِيدُهُ وَمُوَالَةِ مَنْ يُوَالِهِ وَمُعَادَةِ مَنْ يُعَادِهِ He said, and it is not for anybody, irrespective of who they are, for him now to take a covenant and a contract from the people. That whatever I say goes and you have to agree with me. And if you do not do so, then now I will have hatred and animosity and disavowment against you. So whomsoever he is pleased with, you have to be pleased with. And whoever he says, do not take from, do not take from. He says, He said, and whoever he does so, he's like the oppressor Genghis Khan. And those that were like them. And he said, and this is the one, so such an individual because he's upon this path of loving and hating for other than the sake of Allah, he makes whoever agrees with him a close, beloved, near one and whomsoever disagrees with him taban upon falsehood طيب, you consider him to be one who's far removed and whoever he disagrees with him he declares him to be one who is deserving of animosity and hatred Rather, what is upon us all is the covenant of Allah Azawajal and His Messenger that He has taken from us all. That we obey Allah Azawajal and we obey the Messenger and we do what is in obedience to Allah and obedience to the Messenger and we make haram and hold haram what He has made haram, subhana, and what His Messenger has held haram. And likewise, it applies to the halal. And He says that for these teachers, upon them is to cultivate themselves and those that are around them upon the teaching of Allah and the Messenger. And if it's the case you have two teachers, that one of them is oppressed and the other one isn't, then you are to aid the one who has been oppressed. But if your teacher is the oppressor, then do not aid him and do not assist him in his oppression. Rather what is upon you is to stop him dead in his tracks from his oppression. And then that's why he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Unsur Akhaka Dhaliman al Madruma. Aidan assist your brother, whether he be the one who is oppressed or the one who is doing the oppression. They said, Ya Rasulullah, now we know how to aid the one who is oppressed. How do we aid the oppressor? He said, Tamna'uhu min al-dhulm, that you, uh, you stop him from the oppression that emits from him. Then he said, Rahimullah Ta'ala, Ya'ni Shaykh al-Islam, Wa waqa'a bayna mu'allim wa mu'allim, aw talmeeth wa talmeeth, aw mu'allim wa talmeeth, khusuma. And if it's the case that between two teachers or between two students or perhaps between a teacher and a student there is some dispute that has occurred amongst themselves it's not permissible for any single individual to speak and to take a side until you know what is the truth concerning both parties. So you do not aid in the system upon jahl another upon one's lowly desires rather is upon you to study diligently the affair and if it's the case the truth becomes clear to you as to which of the two sides possess the truth then you aid and you assist them 
سواء كان المحق من أصحابه أو من أصحاب غيره irrespective if that person that you are aiding and assisting is your companion or is not your companion and then he said رحمه تعالى وكان المبتل من أصحابه أو أصحاب غيره and you stop the one who is upon falsehood irrespective if he is your companion or is not your companion you like him or you don't like him because the truth should be more beloved to us than everybody and everything and then he said رحمه الله تعالى فيكون مقصود عبادة الله تعالى وحده لا شريك له and in doing so in your aiding and assisting the truth and its people your sincere genuine desire with that is the face of Allah Azawajal and obedience to him and to follow the sunnah of your messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and that you follow the truth and you uphold what is necessary from justice. And then he said, He said, Have you not seen the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Where he commanded subhanahu wa ta'ala for us to follow the truth and to not follow our lowly desires. There appears Allah Ta'ala Musta'an, and that's the end of the speech of Shaykh Islam. We have with us a culture, sadly, that we've inherited from the Kafaratul Fajara, which is this, almost this snitch culture, that if one was to sincerely advise that they are considered to be from those that are somehow blameworthy in the deen of Allah Azawajal. And what is worse than that, those individuals who claim to be upon Salahiyyah and claim to be upon the Sunnah have allowed lowly, lowly doubts to enter upon them. And have allowed such statements and to and he read the ugly head Allah Ta'ala Musta'an within our midst. Shaykh Rabbi Hafdullah Ta'ala he mentions here an advice to those who speak in the name of As-Salafiyyah, which is a refutation of Ali Hassan al Halabi. And we'll take segments of it because Alhamdulillah, it is what it is. He mentioned Ta'ala from the misguidance of the people that we find concerning the Nusaha, concerning those that advise is that people have taken the advisors to be enemies. He says, So this advice I present before you is an advice and a reminder to everybody who speaks in the name of the Salafiyyah. And he said, in reality, this is a test and a trial for all those who have entered into this realm of Da'wah Allah And it's the distinction between the people of deception and plotting and trial and tribulation and fitan and those who stand for the truth and they raise the sword and the spear of defense of the truth and its people this is the difference he said and from the erroneous statements that we have concerning those who want to obliterate the issue of sincere genuine advice is the like of the statements of Ali Hassan the Halabi who began to say for example that we should advise each other but we should not allow the advice to be a source of criticism from that which would cut an individual and is a source of disparagement against him. Or they said that we should have an overarching umbrella organization of what Salafiyyah is to include absolutely everybody irrespective of his mistake. That so long as they claim to be upon the Sunnah, we incorporate them and we make excuse for them. Allah Ta'ala Musta'am. From their innovative beliefs when it came to the issue of advising from those that require advice is the statement of the people that we should mention. That's a rewrite, I can't read it. Is the statement of the people that we have to have muazanat. If we mention something bad about a person, we should mention the good that they contain. The new version of this, because this is what shaitan he does, he just regurgitates old innovation and bid'ah. 
The new version of this in our times is the statement of the people, take the good, leave the evil. Allah Ta'ala Musta'am. And from sadly the erroneous statements is this belief that somehow if a person has correctly defended the truth in one position and time, and that he was to be erroneous in another time and occasion concerning the same issue. So for example, generally he will speak about the defense of uh, yani the rulers upon the truth in terms of making da'af for them and not speaking against them. He would generally say that in, upon occasion. Then he's caught out. One time he ends up saying something about the rulers, Allah Ta'ala Musta'am. Then he will say, look, you can't take what I've said here in isolation of my general statement. This is what I'm actually upon. Uh, from again the corrupted belief of the people again from the corrupted belief of the people when it came to advice from that which has brought about nothing but disunity is the statement of the people when they advise and the truth and the condition of the people is clarified to them from those that have opposed the truth they say I am not compelled to accept this statement of criticism or this statement that you have brought and you have come with is not that which is convincing to me as if they were people who can be convinced as if they understand and they know the language of the Sharia. Shaykh Rabbi, he said, as to respond to all of this, which is actually the cornerstone of the reality of what unity is, then it is the statement of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, The religion is based upon sincere advice. Hudayfa ibn Yaman, he said, that the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, nafsi that by the one whose soul my hands, the one whose uh, hands my soul is in, from the means of this unity is to not command the good and forbid the evil. As the Messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that by Allah Azawajal, whose hands my soul is in, you will command the good and you will forbid the evil. And if you do not do so, then I fear that Allah Azawajal will cast upon you a punishment. And you'll call upon him subhanahu wa ta'ala to be alleviated from such punishment. And your da'a will not be accepted. May Allah save us. And he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, there's a piece in Sahih Muslim, and the authority of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. He said, Mamin Nabiyin, there is not a single prophet that was sent. Except Allah Azawajal, he sent to him and gave him hawariyin, disciples, wa ashab, and companions. Ya'khuduna bi sunnatihi. They take diligently and hold on to his sunnah, his path and his way. Ya'khuduna bi amri. And they follow his commands uprightly. And then he said, Rahimullah ta'an, Thumma innaha takhluf min ba'dihim, khuluf. But they will come generations after them. Those companions and those hawariyim, they will come generation after generation of those that oppose them and that which they're upon. They will do as they have not been commanded to do, and they would say that which they would they would uh, say that which they have not been uh, commanded to say. Then he said, "Faman biyadihi." The whomsoever is to strive against such individuals, for who are Whoever strives against them with his hand, then he's a true believer. And whoever he strives against them with his tongue, then he's a true believer. And whoever he strives against them and with his heart, then he's a true believer. He says, And there's nothing after that from Iman except that which is like a mustard seed. May Allah Azza wa Jalla save us. The importance of commanding the good and forbidding the evil. 
is not as some of the people they claim. That every single individual, for example, that advises you, is not an imam, he's not a tail carrier. Not every single individual that advises you or takes you by the hand to those that will advise you is considered to be from those that are practicing riba, they are backbiting you. Because we have, for example, Awf ibn Malik when he heard the statement of the munafiqeen criticizing the Qurra, those that recited the Book of Allah after the Battle of Tabuk, that they began to eat and drink and celebrate, they said they would never see the people that are lazy upon the battlefield or quicker to fill their stomachs, than the Qurra. Awf ibn Malik, he turned to them and he said, I'm going to tell the Messenger وسلم, of what you said. He did not mince his words. And he said that he's going to return back to the Messenger وسلم, so advice can be given to you. And then he said, then Sha'uthaymin he commented upon this statement that I will go back to the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam and I'll tell him what you what you gone and said. They pleaded with him not to. And what do you think he done? Did you think he listened? Did he consider it to be from ghibah? Did he consider it to be from that which is uh, negating of true brotherhood? Did he consider it to be from those things that are to be concealed? No. He returned back radiyallahu ta'ala to the Messenger of Allah to obtain guidance in his religion from that which was a source of benefit to the Ummah. And Sha'uthaymin, he said, Rahimullah Ta'ala, in Kitab al-Tawheed, commenting upon this hadith, that this was not considered to be ghibah. This was not considered to be backbiting, nor tail carrying by Awf ibn Malik, radiallahu ta'ala anhum. Rather, not commanding the good and forbidding the evil. And remaining silent is a reason for us all to be destroyed, as appears in that narration concerning the mudhin, those who, yani, they... Uh, they, they, they fraternized with the people of misguidance and did not command them to, uh, to goodness and neither did they stop them from their oppression it's like the individuals who embarked upon a boat all of them together some were upon the lower decks and some were upon the upper decks and there was a situation where one would have to request water from the other and one of them decided to you know, uh, make a hole in the side of the side of the boat so they would get their own water in doing so every single individual from them was eventually drowned May Allah Azza save us. Shaykh Rabbi, he comments upon these narrations and he says, and we end up on this bit in ta'ala. He said that upon every single individual who attributes himself to this blessed manhaj, this blessed methodology, upon them is to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And one should look diligently upon your stances that you have taken and ask yourself, are you upon sincerity to Allah Azza concerning them? In order that you may see and understand these stances and these positions that you have taken concerning the people of innovation or misguidance other than them, or concerning yourself and the truth, or concerning your brothers for that matter. These are my words, not his. He then goes on to say, to find out if it's the case that you have, you have fulfilled what is upon you from sincerity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because you will be questioned concerning that which you have said in this worldly life about all of the things mentioned here. And nobody will be able to avail you in the least. Rather the Sahaba, they were at the forefront when it came to advising one another. And they took a pledge of allegiance from the Messenger وسلم, that they would do so, that they would worship Allah alone without partners, and that they would command the good and forbid the evil, and they would advise each other. Then he said, and that is because the Messenger said, nasiha, the religion is based upon sincere advice. And then he says, he says here, ta'ala. He said, therefore, I remind myself and all of you of these tremendous ahadith and these ayat in the book of Allah and the sunnah of the Messenger وسلم, of the obligation of advising each other for the sake of Allah and the sake of the Messenger and to advise every single Muslim and to advise the Muslim rulers from the general populace from amongst them and to make inkar of munkar that one should actually speak up against evil that has taken place because in not doing so, we are underneath a tremendous 
any stern threat from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we be met with those individuals that were deserving of the punishment of Allah and disunity will ensue. And then he said, and I say to you all, that was Jarir ibn Abdullah, he said to the people, he said, Rabb, al masjid, inni lakum ameen. That Jarir ibn Abdullah, upon advising the people, and Shaykh Rabi says it here in this Risala, and I say it to all of you, by the Lord of this masjid, I am to you a sincere advisor, be he subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he says, Bal aqulu wa rabbu samai wal ardi inni lahum lanasihun. And it was said that he said that certainly by the Lord of the heavens and the earth himself, subhanahu wa ta'ala, I am to you nothing other than a sincere, genuine advisor. He says, So my advice to you all is to study the Salafi methodology and understand what it is that the Salaf they were upon. And I add from unity to Allah Azzawajal, worshipping him alone and upon the Sunnah of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then he says, Yani Shaykh Rabi, he says, then once you have studied and you have understood that methodology, upon you is to cling to it. And after you have clung to it, upon you is to act upon it within yourselves and other than yourselves. Hata wallahu ta'ala a'lam. Wa salli lahumma wa sallim wa barik. Ala nabiyin Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam ajma'in. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.